Welcome to the Dream Home Movement. This is your weekly dose of Dream Home Inspiration, bringing you clever hacks and tips from the very best local experts with your hosts, Tara and Joe. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Welcome to the Dream Home Movement. I'm Jo and I'm joined by my co-host Tara. This is our very second, not our very first, our very second uh, episode. So we're absolutely thrilled to have you here. And boy, do we have a jam-packed show for you tonight. We are launching three new segments for the show. And really anything that we do on the show is going to be new, seeing it is only our second episode. We've got three new segments that we're launching tonight. The first one is Block Gossip. We're also going to share some mortgage hacks with you and our property report. And we're very excited to announce our special guest for tonight is Andrea Rowe. We're going to chat with Andrea about adaptive design and rammed earth construction. So that uh, is a chat that we're really looking forward to. But before that, let's launch into our first segment, Block Gossip. Yay, Block Gossip. Hi, it's Tara here. (laughs) So Block Gossip. So We've been talking about this a little bit, Joe, mm, haven't we? Yes. And Poe's 2018 show, the rumours are that it will be at the Gatwick, that the block has purchased the Gatwick, and people also know it as the Gatty. So, yeah, look, there's a bit of an interesting history behind the Gatwick. Um, it's an old hotel in um, St Kilda. Um, it started out as it was considered a nice hotel, um, and it was constructed in the 19, around 1938 in the interwar period, and it is of like of a, like a lot of places in the area, a um, Spanish missionary sort of style. And that sort of Spanish mission style was to sort of express the, um, you know, the early ideals of St Kilda being a um, bit of a seaside resort for um, Melbourne. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that was um, in between the two wars. But, of course, World War Two came along and things became a bit tight. The Gatti got turned into a um, boarding house. Mm. And it was, yeah, it was quite, um, yeah, it, it sort of developed a name for itself. Um, it had lots of different people come and go, some very, really interesting people, um, important to the St Kilda area and Melbourne in general, important to our culture. But there was also another side to it that um, it also was a place of violence at times. Um, and it did at one stage get nicknamed the Hell Hotel. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's a very interesting building. Um, it's got lots of, um, rich history to it. Um, and a, a lot of character to it as well. So there, there's more gossip around what, uh, 2018 will have. Um, I th- believe that there'll be a celebrity contestant. Well, that's what the rumors are, Tara. Earlier this month, Women's Day, and we know that they may not always be the most reliable source of information, but Women's <laughs> Day reported that ex-bachelor Sam Wood was mm. spotted shooting an audition tape outside the Gatwick. Now, are you? Did you? What do you get into the Bachelor at all? Oh, just Tara? a little bit. Yeah. I'm a bit of a Sam Wood fan. Yeah, yeah he's. Uh, <laughs> If you're driving down a Pean Highway hmm. uh, towards Frankston from the city and you're driving sort of through that Brighton area, hmm. you might notice there's a 
massive picture of Sam Wood on the highway there on the left-hand side because he's got his fitness studio there. Oh, wow. And he's in a state of undress. Really? Yeah. I'm going to be paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, there were reported sightings of him shooting an audition tape and apparently he was on a bike. So he was on a bike. I'm not quite sure how you cycle and record an audition tape at the same time, but that's what he was doing. He can do it. Now, (laughs) he partnered up. Uh, or the winner of that, the season of his bachelor was uh, Snez- Snezjana. Yes. Snez. She will. N- she did not audition with him. Apparently, his mate Paul auditioned with oh. him. So that'll be an interesting one to watch out for. Oh. But I'd love to talk a bit more about the the Gatwick because I think this is really fascinating. Yes. It uh, it does have a fearsome reputation. It does. As you as you mentioned, mm. uh, as you said, it's been described as Hell Hotel. Yes. It's also been described as a drug den yes, uh, and a flea pit. But interestingly, uh, as you mentioned, it's located in St Kilda yes, and it's surrounded by some of the city's most expensive real estate. Yes. So it's a really prime location. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, it does have, as I said, a bit of a fearsome reputation. There have been a lot of crimes committed there that that have been well documented, including kidnapping, assault. Mm. aggravated burglary, murder and drug use. Mm. I spoke with some of my contacts that work in the community sector. Ooh. They said it's it's got quite a polarising reputation as well. Okay. So yeah. some of their clients or the people that they help who are experiencing homelessness will do anything to avoid going to the Gatwick. Yes. Whereas others look at it as a, a, a warm, welcoming home. So they feel that kind of sense of community and family when they, they used to stay there. Oh, okay, yeah. And there's even some... Uh, no longer because it's been sold, but yeah. some long-term, almost permanent residents that were living yeah. at the Gatwick as um, as their home. That's it. I did a bit of digging because I wanted to find out how much did the block purchase yeah, how much did this property for? for? Yeah. Well, it was originally listed for $12 million. Yes. And uh, it was owned by two sisters. Oh. So they originally listed it for $12 million. Yes. It was rumoured that uh, the block, so a corporation that is associated with Channel 9, yes. purchased it for $15 million. But I did a bit of digging and the land title documents show that it was purchased for $10 million. Okay. Still a pretty penny. Yeah, still a pretty penny. Yeah. 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 Uh, they're looking at renovating it into luxury apartments. Okay. And they're looking at putting six couples Six couples, yeah, and six again, couples, same yeah. sort of format as last time. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting because um, the last season they did with the um, Weatherboard Homes, that, mm. that just did so well because it is that little bit more relatable. It's houses, you know. Yeah. And, and I think uh, as Australians we have a very emotional attachment to houses. Absolutely. So I'm surprised they went down the apartment path because, yeah, this was – 2017 was one of their best years. So, yeah, it's interesting that they've gone back into the apartment sector. I'm, I'm kind of curious as to what they're thinking around that was. Yeah, look, yeah. I was initially surprised as well. But I do think that because of the Gatwick's history and reputation, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a PR goldmine, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we, our, guest, our guest today is actually a PR expert. Yeah, so we can, we can ask for her insights <laughs> yeah. on, on, on that. That's a good uh, idea. It'll be interesting to see what what Andrew thinks about that. I, I noticed this week on your group, Tara, Mornington yes. Mums Building Dreams, that there's quite a bit of chatter. There certainly is. Yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of interesting because within the group you have those two um, different um, points of view about mm. the Gatwick. So, you know, some 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 people 
people are saying, look, yeah, it, it, it would be nice to see it brought back to its former glory mm. and make, you know, make it beautiful again so that everyone can enjoy it. But it was quite interesting. Um, uh, Marnie Simpson mentioned that she was concerned overall about the gentrification gentrification of St Kilda mm-hmm. and how it's changed over mm. the years so much it's losing its sort of arty urban edge um, and it, you know St Kilda is a, a very important pulse of um, Victoria's culture really isn't it? It absolutely is um, It's also she's um, yeah, Marnie also mentioned it's also uh, what's happened to the residents have been displaced by this and uh, what is the block going to do to acknowledge that mm. and um, you know it would have been it would be nice if they found some way of giving back in a socially responsible way um, to um, to some of the residents who've been displaced by this. Also, um, Sarah Davison made a good point about the heritage of the building. And, yes. And um, yeah, and I mean, in, in previous blocks, they've they do sort of prefer the modern design, and they do rip out a lot of um, the period features and they've gotten away in the past with just sort of adding a bit of a nod to the mm. history. It's just some more or less in different epi- in different um, seasons, different buildings, but it would be nice if because of this is a, a landmark property of Melbourne's, if they, yeah, they really do need to pay a lot more attention to um, retaining more of the heritage this time. So Yeah, they, yeah. they certainly do. Uh, I read an interview with the block, one of the executive producers of the block, Julian Cress, mm. and he says that the, the team, the block team have been working very closely with the council mm. and her, uh, heritage consultants, although I will note it sounds like they're their internal heritage consultants wow. to ensure they maintain the unique and iconic heritage elements of the building. Yeah. And it is a gorgeous building. It is. They, you know that I love the Art Deco look. Yeah, absolutely. And it's yeah. got a gorgeous Art Deco look, beautiful yeah. stained glass windows. The bathrooms have those really gorgeous brick-style tiles in them. Yeah, that's right. And so I do hope that they keep all of those features. Yeah. Uh, I think they'll add a lot of value to the to the apartments. That's right. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. I mean, the thing is with building and renovating it, it's quite often so much more cost effective to remove. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it would be great if um, they put that extra bit of love into retaining what they mm. can because um, because it will certainly um, be enjoyed from years to come. And I mean, it's been there since 1938. So. Yeah. It's definitely not a fly-by-night thing. No, not at all. Well, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it hmm. and we will keep you informed as to any uh, any updates yes, and what's happening with the block. We are always shining bright. Hi, welcome back. It's Joe here and I'm joined in the studio today by our special guest, Andrea Rowe. Andrea is a well-connected Peninsula local with over 25 years' experience in media, PR, communications and copywriting. Uh, She has an enthusiastic interest in her community and carts around a suitcase of her communications successes. Can you tell that I'm reading a bio right now? (laughs) (laughs) I'll try and make it sound a little bit more natural. Uh, Her boutique PR and copywriting business, Your Coastal Connection, blends an in-depth understanding and passion for all platforms of media and communications. Uh, She works with coastal businesses and not-for-profit organisations. Interestingly, she's also the founder of the Peninsula Writers Club and Mornington Peninsula bloggers and and, uh, she runs a few quite fun events with the Mornington Peninsula bloggers group as well. 
I'm very excited to say that she is releasing her first children's book next year. I am going to pre-order that for sure. And she blogs as the Coast Rider. She's also, like me, a mum of two active Coast kids and the wife of a park ranger. And together, they are building their dream sandcastle in St. Andrew's Beach. And that is what we are chatting with Andrea about today because it's an absolutely fascinating project. Andrea, welcome to the studio. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. I'm really interested in your perspective on, before we start chatting about your dream home project, your perspective on the Gatwick block uh, Mm. project that we were talking about before the break. So my radar went up straight away because I've mm. come from a crisis and issues media training workshop today. Okay. Straight away, I thought, <laughs> I hope those block producers are prepared for the flip media that and the flip headlines that will be run about where are they where are these people going? Mm. Where are they living? Let's look at the postcode difference or let's look at the price difference of rent from a blockhouse or, or the sale of a blockhouse to what they exist on on a daily yeah. basis. So there'll be some interesting little stories fl- uh, flip along in there. Um, I'd really love to think that on the front foot, they're going to really um, give some thought to how they honour block residents or involve them uh, you know, that's a tricky thing. Oh, sorry, mm. not block residents. I mean, uh, Gatwick, yes. former residents, um, in terms of whether there's some sort of space or some, not just lip service event, but some sort of um, uh, inclusion there. I went through a similar issue when I worked with the Commonwealth Games and they um, displaced a number of people in a housing uh, um, unit area to build the Athletes Village mm. uh, near Melbourne, not far from Melbourne. So, and there was a very similar media issue running there too. So that will be interesting to see. But look, I think it's a chance to love an old place it's yes. inevitable that postcodes closer to melbourne are demanding higher prices mm. um, um but melbourne has such a connection with st kilda as well so you you can only hope that they honor the history of melbourne and and it and it's grungy history because yes. melbourne is proud of it we're proud of our laneways we're mm. proud of the the you know the essence of personality so to be nice to think that the block contestants get that brief right and uh, and give it a really good nod and yeah. have a bit of fun with it. Yeah, I That'd hope be so great. too. I mean, you could sort of think Blackman Hotel, you know, it's the Gatwick sort of, you know, themed apartments or something yeah. like that. Maybe that's over the top, but I <laughs> I look forward to watching it. Oh, yeah. I do too. I'm I'm intrigued and really um, excited to see what, what, they, what mm. they come up with. Mm. It could potentially be really quite beautiful and special, but you're mm. right. We really need to maintain that beautiful, grungy Melbourne mm. feel that is so unique to our city. Yeah, yeah. so we're not sanitising Melbourne. And that's the important yes. thing as well. So yeah. Melbourne's retaining that personality. Yeah. So, mm. Speaking of personality, I've really enjoyed following your uh, your dream home project journey on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Thank Can you. you tell us uh, a bit about that project? Sure. So on I, I've Instagrammed it a little bit on my Instagram account, The Coast Writer. So we're building a rather large sand castle uh, right down on the coast and uh, we've got 2,800 square square metres uh, to build on. So that's a nice little space. We wow. bought that land four years ago. Um, we've lived in St Andrews Beach now for 13 years and um, we spent a lot of time. Uh, we looked at, oh, maybe 50 pieces of, well, there weren't that many, but we looked at a, a lot of land yep. uh, around and we kept our eye on it for probably um, seven years. We've been looking for that dream 
dream piece of land that was within our budget as well. Yes. (laughs) There's a lot of dream pieces out there. Uh, And, of course, we're building a house, um, including our garage and alfresco area, that's 41 square metres. So it's a sandcastle because it's partial – a part of the house is rammed earth uh, and it's, it's, I guess, a lovely nod – to the the sandy, earthy, organic textures of living at the coast. And the St Andrews Beach community itself is a very, very coastal vibe. Um, But I guess our dream home was all about building a home that's adapting to our family. Mm. And um, we've currently got uh, twins and teens and they're going to come – they're going to become bigger limbed people yes. um, with various people that hang on <laughs> in their lives mm. and who hang around for a long time or come and go. So we wanted to build a house that adapts to uh, the people they bring into their lives and also recognises that they're growing up in an era that house house affordability is going to be an extremely um, challenging issue for them. So we, and we wanted to build a house that we could cut in two and effectively they could um, live separately as independent living in one part of that house. They could come and go between, you know, jobs, uni, travel, that sort yeah. of thing, relationships, um, come back and live quite independently in this house as they get older. Uh, and for us the dream in there was to be able to live near them, pr- provide that support as mm. they grow uh, and ha- enjoy that adult relationship but also have our independence as well. Um, and really that's probably inspired by my childhood. My parents built a house like that too and um, that worked very well for us and still is working well for our family Uh, and all of the kids moved home at various stages with independent living to afford our own houses too so that's kind of our dream home and I guess the other component is the rammed earth component it's a very earthy organic house yeah and um, we really wanted to embrace the sand and the lifestyle Mm. and uh, the the beach culture and so we've built these uh, amazing rammed earth walls well we haven't built them we've we've uh, briefed the yes. lovely rammed earth builders and you've managed built them. the project <laughs> and um, they've done a wonderful job and um, for us it's a signature piece so much so that all the locals keep coming up and talking to us about those walls oh I bet they I bet they do <laughs> they are yeah so the rammed earth feature itself mm. is if you don't know uh, rammed earth it's basically a um it's it's a construction build of um, ramming in select uh, um, uh, selected aggregates so it's stuff like gravel and soil and sand all mixed and pounded in together and um and they're um, placed between flat panels which are called frameworks right and they're just pounded in pounded in pounded in and then um there's a little bit of cement go- that goes in there yes. as well which stabilizes it but the end effect is it's a solid structure ex- extremely so- solid it will not melt it will not fall apart in the first rains mm. um there's a little bit of sealant painted over the top for the outs uh, sorry for the inside of the house so it doesn't get dusty but effectively it looks like a lovely piece of you know Sand, just gorgeous, <laughs> that sandy and, cliff structure. Yeah. I just keep gazing at it. <laughs> gorgeous and earthy, exactly. And, and I love that you are really focused on building a home that integrates with your environment rather than being stark and at odds with your environment. It's. Well, it's I agree. I think the thing about St Andrews Beach and having sat on this land for a while and thought about what it looked like, we wanted we wanted to be able to sort of drive in our driveway a little bit like the colour bond guy ad who stands there looking. Yeah, if we wanted to be able and to drive in our driveway, grows a beard. And yeah. go, this is 
this is it. Yeah. This belongs here, and it, it makes sense that it belongs here. And uh, and then we wanted to be able to continue that by walking in the door and saying, "Oh, I'm just I'm I'm here. I'm in my beach lifestyle. I'm mm. this works for me. Um, this is uh, we come from. We've lived in a lot of national parks, my husband and I, and we've always, I guess, quite embraced the elements and the yes. environment. So we really felt like we wanted the, St Andrews Beach is actually one of the most urban environments we've ever lived in our married oh, life, truly. bizarrely. <laughs> so we wanted to feel like that we were having an escape or a retreat into our house um, and being reminded of the environment that we love stepping outside and walking in as well so yeah so it's um it's certainly an evolving dream <laughs> yes and it sounds like those seven years of hunting for the right home and the right piece of land was well worthwhile well we definitely took our time mm. considering um what what we needed to play around with and the thing about having a dream home is you you spend a lot of time um compromising or or uh, considering what is worth compromising yes. and what is worth adapting and for us there were some things that we couldn't compromise on my husband needed space to have the dream shed yes and he does he's a tinkerer he does love his shed he's got some projects we have we sail we have a boat we have an active kid that surfs um so we wanted to be able to have all the sports equipment and and have that accessible as well um and i think the other thing about our house is we're also practical enough to know we live in an area that's very popular for tourists Mm. um we are quite happy to consider in our future years that maybe that component of house when we don't of the house when we don't have kids at home is going to be an income stream for us. Um, that oh, perhaps like a we're going to be renting renting it out as an okay. Airbnb, Great. or perhaps we're going to be at a stage of our life where we're travelling and the kids are living in our part of the house, and we're renting the other part out as well. So we were trying to consider how can this money actually this money this house how yes. can this house work for us and bring us in uh, some uh, additional comfort. Uh, in our older years, so young <laughs> saying that, but we wanted to build a house that is going to work for us mm. uh, as well when we want to do other things um, beyond just living in our house. So that's kind of where we're at really at the moment. Yeah. So it's, um, it's, it's been really an enjoyable process to plan, to plan that. So the house itself, of course, is quite adaptable to the coastal weather. Yes. Um, as well. So we've, we've spent uh, a lot of time considering, um, uh, what's happening with the environment and spending a lot of time looking at the block and looking at the weather come in because coastal weather, of course, uh, can be quite severe and yes. uh, have quite an impact on your house as well. Yeah, so it needs it needs to be built for the environment, doesn't it, and to complement the environment. Exactly. Yeah, wow. Definitely. So there's there's been a lot of sitting, observing, yep. considering, getting uh, expert advice. And, of course, we bought land uh, and planned initially planned to build a house uh, when bushfire bell ratings changed as well so um uh, yeah so that's been an interesting time to to consider what what legislation is saying um, you need to have with your materials as well but predominantly we've done things like it's almost a 60s postmodern design it's we laugh we used to call it the brady's brady bunch house because it's got a uh it's got a sunken lounge you know it does it i love a a good sunken lounge well actually it's not just a sunken lounge it's a sunken kitchen and lounge uh and uh it's got um the other part of it is it has um an entire unit that is the kids. Well, it, obviously, it's attached to the house, but we'll eventually either put a wall up, uh, and it's um, it's got things like a, a rumpus room that will be plumbed for a kitchen in the future. They've got their own guest guest areas and their own bedrooms, and then we've got a parents' unit down the other section. We've got a uh, I hate the word media room, so mm. I've banned it. My yes. husband kept calling it a media un- room. We've got a room with a TV in it, yeah. and books, <laughs> room with a television. 
Uh, and then we've got our own parent zone as well. And uh, I think the main thing, though, about this house is with the sunken lounge, um, we've got really high ceilings. Our ceilings, are, I'm just trying to think, they're about 4.3 metres high. Oh, gee. Uh, so when you say you, high you, ceilings, you're, yeah. so you basically, mean high ceilings. When you go down, step down mm. into this um, sunken lounge, you've got all windows. We wanted to stand in this room and look at this amazing uh, uh structure of rammed earth wall and then we just wanted to see sky wherever we looked gorgeous we will probably have our retinas burnt out by wearing sunglasses <laughs> it will be worth it but we wanted to have a house that was so bright and filled mm. with sky and sand in effect <laughs> I, I think there's some really great uh insights there for people that are thinking about building their own dream home one is to figure out what your budget is and work within that another one is don't rush into it it's your dream home so take your time and also when you're if you're doing a custom design such as andrea um or such such as what you've done is to think about well how long do i want to live in this home and how can it grow and evolve with me and also to look at where, where are you building it mm. and how can it complement and uh, and survive mm. the environment. You know, I'm really interested as well to learn more about, because you mentioned your team. After the break, I'd love to learn more about the expert team that you've um, put together for your, your dream home. Absolutely. There's some good ones. <laughs> Take me home tonight. I just want to show you Hi there, you're here with Tara from um, the Dream Home Movement again and I'm joined here with our lovely guest today, Andrea Rowe. Hi, Andrea. Hello. <laughs> and Me making um, noise. <laughs> we've been speaking to Andrea about her beautiful home that she's building um, in St Andrews Beach on the peninsula. Could you please tell us a little bit more about this home, Andrea? You were saying it's got very, very high ceilings. Very high ceiling. So what are you going to do for heating and cooling? So we've got uh, ductured gas, yes. uh, heating and cooling, and um, passive solar as well. Of course, the and the other form of heating is also a very large it's not a canara but it's a very modern take on a canara so oh, that will fantastic. be our atmospheric heating but interestingly um we've lived in this environment for 13 years and we're not air conditioner people at all yes we've used in 13 years i used our air conditioner a couple of days after black saturday yes once a year ago <laughs> Wow. Yep. Uh, and our heating is quite similar. We we love a fireplace. Yes. Um, I love a fireplace. My yeah. husband doesn't like chopping the wood, but I love a fireplace. <laughs> um, so, but obviously, we're moving into a house that's a larger scale and a larger roof line. In yeah. terms of the summer, um, where we've actually got large sashless double hung um, windows, that's going to help us maximise the the breeze through the building. Fantastic. The house itself is designed to um, face north, yep. and um, it's going to take advantage of the winter summer for yes. us um, and it's got a very wide eaves and a hugely a huge roofed alfresco area that's going to shade in the summer sun as well that's clever. so um, we're quite I probably grew up in um, a house well I grew up with no heating and cooling yes. in my parents house as well and that was a mud brick house mm. and so we we also accept that you know we we embrace the fact that a rammed earth wall is fantastic for heating and cooling yeah, as has well that thermal um, yeah exactly yeah. so that will give us some um, some buffer there there too so but really you know it'll be a bit of a luxury to have ducted gas 
we've never had that before it so that's going to be lovely so um but of course we we you know we spend a lot of time looking at um what how, where the house faces we've designed a lot of the windows so that they're going to capture capture that breeze we get a fantastic a little bit like the Fremantle doctor yeah, it is it's St Andrews like beach often yes. in the afternoons you get this sort of yes. whip up of wind and it's beautiful and you know the locals of St Andrews beach you know when the wind comes up you just open all your windows and it's just it's just a beautiful feeling and we want that in environment to come into the house when it's pleasant and yeah. nice not when it's chilly and freezing <laughs> it so extreme, yeah so that's yeah. what we're doing for that but oh. um and also those walls are uh a 300 millimeter thick wow. so um and the rest of the house that isn't rammed earth is um rendered brick as well so you know that helps us um sort yeah. of control those temperatures so it's almost too. like double thickness of a normal house exactly yeah. and glazed windows throughout you've, as well so you've very much future proof this house it's very very solid well i'm hoping we have we, look we We've, been, we've lived in a lot of bushfire prone areas mm. as well and um, by virtue of the fact that my husband works with parks, you know, he's very knowledgeable about the environment and about the complexities of the environment. So we've thought a lot about um, and also we've maintained, uh, up until recently, we've maintained a house that was effectively a cottage um, with everything wood on the outside. Now, if you live at the beach, you know that yeah. that is a maintenance regime that will almost break you and yeah. it pretty much almost did. Yeah. And um, we had a beautiful house but um, yeah. that... That was deck no staining every year, <laughs> constant deck, yeah. uh, constant window maintenance as yeah. well. So the future-proofing of this house is we want a house that we don't have to be crawling up on ladders every five minutes in our older years mm. um, and we we want something that um, is uh, – we've got stuff like um, there's no resistant – there's fire-resistant wood outside if we've got anything. We've ditched wooden windows altogether. We've increased our glass thickness, which Very did add idea. to our costs though, but yeah. we've just gone, okay, all of that sort of stuff when we first built the house oh sorry when we first planned to build the house um uh, it was a bell rating of nine of 19 yes uh but then we had to reassess it because the legislation changed it became a bell rating of 29 so so that was an additional cost for Mm. us but it's also made us assess all right what do we need to do to keep ourselves on our toes to have a house that's not just bushfire ready but also is low maintenance on the outside so you know the alfresco area which we originally had pictured was going to be wooden beautiful wooden deck is now big big tiles and things like that but they're tiles in in sympathy with the sort of to reflect the color and shading of the um, rammed earth and things like that so yeah we hope we've reached we probably haven't teenage proofed it enough but (laughs) (laughs) but you know we've tried to and uh probably again growing up in a house that had that sort of zone as well i'm I'm sort of aware of how a house can can evolve with a family as they grow too so it's very it's very smart because you know a home that you'd have for young kids can be quite different than the home you would have for larger kids so your kids are at an age where they're needing that little bit more space now mm. it's probably the best time to have the more forever home isn't it really? exactly yeah. yeah and look for the other thing for me is I have a communications consultancy business and I work from home yes. but I wanted to have the space where I that that was my dedicated space the last house I was shared actually uh, as professional as I was I shared a space with my kids That's hard work, um, yeah. so on the weekends I was sort of evicted when they were home so now this is sort of my space with yeah. my guest bathroom and my views <laughs> I'm looking very much looking forward to that but we've also accepted that there may be a time when when we um, split the house in two that that becomes an extra bedroom, guest bedroom or something like that um, for that overflow so we sort of 
sort of enjoyed um, looking at that so yeah. uh, and seeing how that plays out. Yeah, because I, th- I think too much um, with building these days, it's for the moment and um, people just build it one way and they mm. throw everything out and start again. Exactly. Are you bringing yeah. your, your collected furniture from your old homes or you're buying yeah, new stuff? Yeah, uh, it's been interesting. Where It's all stored in a garage at the moment <laughs> and uh, probably some of it, no, we won't. I've got a lot of classic pieces. I like quite retro furniture. Me so too. I've got old floor chairs and things like that. So some of those favourite pieces that we've done up will come in. Yeah. Um, probably the couches and things like that we will look at changing, but um, we'll see how much coin we have left in the purse. Oh, yeah. But um, but certainly, you know, new beds and things like that. I think the thing is we're, we're thinking ahead for artwork. You know, yeah. that I have an artist, Justine McNamara, who I absolutely love and oh. I know exactly what wall her picture of kids jumping off a jetty will go on, you know. So I, I already know, you know, the artwork, yes. um, you know, and I, I sort of know where the driftwood piece is going. So there's a lot of that sort of stuff that I visualise probably before the furniture. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, but that, that's the, you know, that's the beauty of it. We've sort of, um, planned for when we move into the house, we've got a little bit of time to feel our way around. Um, but uh, we like that our builder and originally our draftsman did talk to us as well about those sorts of things, about what sort of furnishings do you have? What do we need to think about? And that sort of helped me brief them as well because I like Scandinavian style or retro style so it was nice to be able to talk to them about all these sorts of things and what do we need built in as opposed to what do we need to bring in so that's been a great process to to consider and think about very creative so Mm. it's kind of interesting um we were talking in the break that um your husband has been doing a lot of the project management as far as um finding the team and um managing the budget and yeah so could you tell me he's he had a clever little hack, didn't he, <laughs> when choosing a builder? He's an excellent project manager. Yeah. married very well. Um, Chris had a, a number of questions that he used in terms of um, interviewing the builders and we met with some great builders mm. and he had sort of his um, spreadsheet, a very detailed spreadsheet. One of his key questions <laughs> through there was, um, do you surf? And uh, he loves a surfer and we, we have, you know, he loves a surf. We have a, a young lad that surfs uh, a little bit as well. But uh, he wanted to know, to be assured that the uh, the crew, the builders' crew, working on the the site, weren't going to knock off at two when the swell was up. Well, this is it. It's very tempting <laughs> because down there, if isn't they it? knock <laughs> off at two, it's going to put the timelines back. So you know, we we knew that we had a timeline. We've got a ten month build. We want to be in in ten months. Um, so we were very much reassured by the builder that we've chosen uh, that uh, about his philosophy and uh, that they surf on their time. And look, surfing is great. It's, it's it's a fantastic mindfulness exercise. It's just we just want to get cracking with the build. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, but he it was a great process to go through to actually determine who our builder would be, and it wasn't yes. just about the surfing, of no, course. Of course not, it was no. about a number of philosophies, yes. and we we're really fortunate that the builder we chose uh, not only is he in St Andrews Beach, uh, oh, so we great. really loved, but he was very excited by the custom build concept that we wanted, and he's been quite a, uh, quite uh, happy to entertain our custom design oh, concepts fantastic. and and yeah. work within uh, so we worked separately with a rammed earth guy and then with him because we're actually owner builder for um a component of the house oh, so wow. for a we're owner builder for the shed we've really loved watching it on morning to mum's building dreams i think it's that concept of a sandcastle growing out of the sand yeah. um 
it's very exciting. And the locals, that's been something that we haven't expected. The locals have really enjoyed yes. talking to us about it. And, the, you know, they're people that we know because um, we're in the same community where our kids are at the same things. We run into each other. And or, or now someone saw me the other day and said, are you the lady with the rammed earth place? So, you know, yes. Uh, so that's sort of funny too. And look, it's very You almost nostalgic. want to have a street party at the end of it, don't you? Oh, do you? Well, it's funny. Someone did say, we're going to have a viewing, which is very funny because I grew up in a mud brick house that my parents built when I was a young kid and um, uh, um, we were kind of a novelty in, in Werribee yes. building a mud brick house and people sort of thought we were hippies and people used to talk about all oh, the hippie family yeah. <laughs> or um, people used to – my mum effectively built this mud brick house. She made those mud bricks. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, we occasionally jumped in the um, – we occasionally jumped in the um, in, there, uh, in, in the uh, trailer and you know mulched around a bit. But Mum um, pretty much set every wow. brick, and and Dad helped too. But he was at work, of course, during the day. He yes. would help on the weekends, but it was Mum's full time job. And people would drive past and look and um, and gawk and have a look at you know this mud brick house being oh. made. And so it's the same sort of thing. It becomes a topic of conversation. Um, does. But that's nice. It's it's a lovely way. It's nice to think people get excited about. Well, it's the and, concept of streetscape, isn't it? You yes, know, you, you yeah. are part of the streetscape. Yes. You are part of the community. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you're putting in plans, you see that sort of concept written up and you think, yeah. oh, whatever. But until yeah. you, when you actually build something and the neighbours stop and have a look. And, exactly. And, the, yeah. and Nathan, our builder, um, uh, you know, he's got, I, I love it that people sort of, it's lovely for him too because other St Andrews Beach people are seeing um, his business called Alternate Vision and they're seeing his his business out there. It's something that's great for him and the rammed earth guys, um, earth structures peninsula they've you know they had a few people calling by who wanted to kind of have a look and and listen to the 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 process so that's been really interesting actually (laughs) (laughs) so that's been lovely yeah yeah and and a lot of the tradies that come on site ask us lots of questions about when did you buy the land and wow this is a great space and so it's very um it's very affirming having people work on the site get excited about it it's a landmark project really for the area just about isn't it really it's not quite the Sydney Opera House well I know but it is very special it is very special there's been a lot of love into the design and the construction and um i think everyone's just and i, I think we're fortunate that. we've we're building in a community that takes great pride in um the personalities of yeah. their homes yeah. and by default of living at the coast and this Some quirky artistic bohemian yeah. personality in some ways of St Andrews Beach. It is. So uh, I think we're, we just fit right in very oh, well. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, well, congratulations, guys. And thank, thank you, you so much, Andrea, for joining us. Thank you. It's been really fantastic. Welcome back to the Dream Home Movement, only here on FM. Take me home tonight. I just want to show you the truth. Hi, you're here with Joe and Tara on the Dream Home Movement. We are joined by our special guest, Andrea Rowe, in the studio today. Now, we did say goodbye to her during the break, but I grabbed her as she was just about to run out the door because I'd, I'd love to ask you one more question, Andrea. So I'm very grateful that you've agreed to come back in the studio, pop the headphones back on for one more question. And this is actually our signature question for the episode. And, and that sounds very flash. It is only our second episode. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> but you, we've done it twice now, so there's a pattern. <laughs> I'll go with that. Thank you. <laughs> our signature question is, when you hear the phrase dream home movement, what does that mean to you? No, let me rephrase that. When you hear the phrase dream home, what does that mean to you? Well, I'm going to take a copywriter and media writer angle on this one because I like to spin it. Um, 
I would say that home for me is a pause in a sentence. It's a full stop in my busy world, an exclamation mark to make my mark, a new chapter to express myself, and a statement of hopes and fulfilment shared with family and friends. Oh, the end. Oh, <laughs> that is gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you That's, for the chance to be on the show. Oh, you're very welcome. It was an absolute pleasure. We would love to have you back uh, again mm. so we can chat more about your beautiful... Maybe s- when we're at the furnishing stage. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. That would be brilliant. Thanks for having me. Guys. Thank you so Thank much. You. Appreciate it. And now we're moving into uh, our new segment, Mortgage Hacks. Now, we've given it the name Mortgage Hacks. I, I, I don't know how much I love that that name. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> listeners can um, give us some suggestions. Yeah, that's... Mm. I was thinking that as well. It's not very sexy. Well, <laughs> I've got your guard there, haven't I? You're like, that's well, true. No, it, yeah. it, it is not. It's it's mortgages aren't sexy, but um, what we can do with them is. That's right. <laughs> They're important uh, because a dream home cannot be created without some yeah, money. Yeah, way to finance it, yeah. And, uh, and the reality is most people do have a mortgage. Yeah. That's right. Mm. So what we would love is if you could help us come up with a name for this segment. So this segment is all about financing or getting the money to Mm. build your, organising the money that you need to build your dream home. So we will put a poll on the Dream Home Movement Facebook page tomorrow. And uh, you can vote on your favourite names. You can put some names uh, up there yourself. Andrea has just... Um, silently giving me some sign language for a name that I love, which we will pop up on the Facebook page. I will reveal it tomorrow. Ooh. So you'll need to go to the Dream Home Movement Facebook chat um, page yep. and we'd love your input as well. Uh, but without any further ado, I'm going to launch into the very first Mortgage Hacks, that's the temporary title, yep. segment for the Dream Home Movement. And I was inspired by Andrew's story for today's uh, segment. And I had a chat with our resident finance expert, uh, Carl Violetta, who happens to be my husband. That's He's special. Yes, it is very convenient. <laughs> he had access to him, yes. <laughs> uh, and he specialises in home loans and mortgages. And we we're having a chat about if you were looking at a, a custom build, such as Andrea's, yes. how would you organise the finances mm. for that and what would the process be? So he said, first of all, before you do anything, you need to go and talk to your bank or talk to a mortgage broker and figure out what your borrowing power is. So how much can you actually borrow? And then a handy tip, and this is quite a conservative tip, is once you know how much you can borrow, so what your borrowing power is, create a buffer. Yes. A buffer of a ra- – um, Carl usually uh, mm. goes with a buffer of 15 to 20%, which you, is I'd have to really conservative, but I think yeah. important. I think it depends on the expense of what you're doing. Mm. Um, but if you're looking over a, you know, a $300,000 yes. building budget, then you start to look at the 20% mark. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so no. if you can borrow yeah. 500000 yes, then you would be saying, okay, I have 400000 to spend on this yes. and I have a $100,000 buffer that in case the project blows out but I'm not going to tell everyone about that buffer no no because that up my sleeve some some things just can't be predicted that's right yeah you never know you might be there might be an issue with the footings Mm. there might be a regulation that changes um while while you mid yeah project and um you don't want your dreams to go out the window just because um you don't have the money to finish it yeah Yeah, you can't can't live in a half-finished house that's right some people try (laughs) 
<laughs> it's not pleasant enough. I've done it. <laughs> no, yeah. So, so that's our, our big mortgage hack for today is uh, before you get started, see your bank or a broker, figure out your borrowing power and then create that buffer and work within that 80%. So 80% of what you can borrow is what you're actually going to spend and the other 20 is a bit of a secret up your sleeve in case the project blows out. Welcome back to the Dream Home Movement, only here on FM. Take me home tonight, I just want to show you the truth I Hi there, you're here with Tara from the Dream Home Movement and I'm just going to go through a quick new segment that we've got called Local Market Watch and Joe and I are still sort of figuring out the titles for things because mm. this is our second ever show. Um, <laughs> so I think I might do a little poll as well and yeah. um, see what people think that um, this should ultimately be called. Although I do quite like Local Market Watch because yeah. it tells us what this segment is about. Oh, that's good, yeah. So yeah. That, that's basically what it is. It's about mm. what's happening here on the local, um, the property market here on the Mornington Peninsula right now. And as everyone would know, we're coming up to a Christmas period. So typically over Christmas, there's there's fewer houses being listed. Mm. It gets a bit quiet. If you're um, selling, um, quite often people will wait until after Christmas to put their house on the market. So if you're in the situation where you're buying, there's not much to choose from. However, I do have a little bit of a tip about buying over the Christmas period. Oh, I love a good tip. Yeah. So... If you're like me and you watch properties for a very long time <laughs> and there's this one cool property that's a little bit out of your range and you've always wondered what if, now a little bit out of your range, we're not talking 500,000 out of your range, okay, mm-hmm. that's just wishing, but something that's a little bit out of your range and you've thought what if and if, if, it, if it's been on there for a while, um, it's what's considered a bit of a stale listing. Yep. And I think um, vendors quite happily, well, vendors quite often are in a situation where they want some closure before Christmas. They want to go into the new year knowing where they're going to be living, that their house is sold and that they can get on with their business. So it's quite an opportune time to put in a little bit of a cheeky offer, I reckon. Yeah, yeah I like that too. Yeah, yeah. put in a bit of a cheeky offer to a house that you've been watching for a while or a block of land that you've been watching for a while and say, um, look, you know, we all want to have this sorted before Christmas and with any luck you um, you might get it if you're lucky. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do like to put in an offer or two before Christmas um, if, if you've been watching for a while and you've found something good that you'd like to sweep swoop on. It's a nice Christmas present for both parties, I, I think. I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a bit of a closure and a bit of, um, yeah, a bit of a, a, a nice, everyone wants to know what they're doing next year, don't they? They do. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so after this, we're going to talk about our um, dream home projects. Nothing has actually happened in mine, so I'm actually going to give my spot to um, Bryn. He's a member of um, the RPP family, so he's um, going to tell us what he's working on in his house. House because he uh, lives locally as well. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we are going to chat about our own dream home projects. I spoke to you last week about my pro- my project, which is my front yard, and I am very I'm very careful not to call it a garden because it absolutely is not a garden. It is just it's it's nothing now tara quite generously call um said that my front yard was minimalist i call it quite barren 
And last week I asked for your thoughts on what I can do with my front yard to make it a little bit more inviting, quite pretty, something that complements my beautiful weatherboard art deco style home. And I popped up a post on the Facebook page with some photos of my front yard and I got some feedback. Uh, Some feedback in particular that was very interesting was from Tasha and Tasha suggested putting a deck around the veranda and I quite like that idea. Uh, I contacted her and we had a bit of a chat offline and uh, she also suggested that I go to Cranbourne to pick up some plants there because she knows a spot where there are some affordable plants in Cranbourne. I think they're natives and I think natives will really suit my house but they'll also suit my gardening style which is a brown thumb gardening style. So I will keep you updated on how that is going. I'll post photos on the Facebook page. I think my dear husband is going to need to log on to YouTube and learn how to build a deck because we have quite a limited budget when it comes to the yard. So that will be interesting and I'm sure um, many comical moments will follow. We're joined in the studio. We have another guest here. Bryn, who is part of the FM family, and I nabbed him in the foyer because I know that he's got his own dream home project happening at the moment. Welcome to the studio. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. Now, what are you working on at the moment? At the moment, I'm actually, uh, I've had my kitchen done just last year. Oh, fantastic. So it's, uh, so it's, um, it's good to be able to just get that done. Mm. Sort of like get a sort of modernised because it's a very 70s sort of house. Yes. But it's good to, you know, sort of like it adds, I'm trying to get rid of as much mission brown as possible <laughs> because it's too easy and it just, as when you enter a 70s house, yes. it's kind of just all there. That is, that is, so, that is so a uh, signature 70s colour, oh, is. isn't it? Oh, it's yeah. great. If yeah. you love mission brown, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so did you do the kitchen yourself or did you hire... I actually had masters do it at the stage. Truly? Yeah, before... How does that work? That all ended. Do you go well, in, so you go in there and... I pretty much went into, yep, went into masters and just chose my kitchen and yes. uh, they just came out and gave me an appraisal and so forth and I just got it done. So it was worked out really, really quickly and really quite efficiently. So Fantastic. And it looks beautiful. Very, very happy with it. And let me ask you, uh, do you spend much time in the kitchen? Uh, yeah, I do enjoy some cooking. Yeah. Now and again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing oh, your pleasure. dream home project. Yeah. So we've spoken about gardens. Yeah. Well, not, not gardens, yards and kitchens yep. <laughs> tonight. We've both got mini projects, but they're still fun and important and can make a really huge difference to your home and the value of your home absolutely. as well. Thank you very much for tuning in, everyone. We're heading towards the end of the show. Uh, we'd love to chat with you and see what you thought about the show. We are really interested in your input on the names of our new segments. So please pop over to the Dream Home Movement Facebook page. If you love this show and you can't get enough of it and you want to watch it again, you can watch the Facebook Live replay on the Dream Home Movement Facebook page. And you can also follow, follow us on Instagram. We post lots of gorgeous photos of dream homes on there and a few photos of us as well. Uh, Looking forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for joining us on the Dream Home Movement. Wishing you all the best in your projects this week. We would love to chat and hear what you're up to, so please say hi on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to hanging out with you next week. Catch you soon.